Happy Sabbath, your Bible Speaks Church family. It is Pastor Richardson again, and today is a day that the Lord has made, and it's an amazing day because it's the Sabbath. And you know what happens on Sabbath? We get to hear the Word of God. And today, this message is unlike anything else, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get to the message. It is the last Sabbath of Women's History Month, and I would be remiss if I did not talk about a woman. The Bible is filled with men, but it is also filled with women. Problem sometimes with our more contemporary Bible reading is that we forget to see the women. But church family, today we will not be doing that. I want to look at an unsung hero in the Bible. We're coming out of the book of Esther. We're coming out of the book of Esther. Church family, God is funny. I wouldn't call myself the greatest student. But God has blessed me with having amazing women in my life that are teachers. My grandmother was a teacher for over 30 years. My mother is and was a teacher from all of my life. So that's 25 plus. And my girlfriend is a teacher. God is funny. I thought I wouldn't have to stay in school, but I get a chance and I will, for the rest of my life, always, except for this time period where I live alone, I will always be next or around some teachers. And that's a blessing. There's a spirit of a teacher. There's a, an, a, an attribute of a teacher that although we celebrate and we love to see more male teachers, there's something about a female teacher who can take you and be your mom away from home. My parents, my mother, my grandmother, Maria, all of them, every year, 20 plus children, and they get to care and guide them. So to all the teachers, I wanna thank you. All the women teachers, I wanna thank you. To all the women, thank you. You are a part of God's divine plan for earth, for humanity. Amen? And sometimes it does not get affirmed that there would not be, that Adam was alone and miserable in the garden. And God had to do one very important thing, make a woman. Amen? Amen. So I want to look at Vashti. Vashti oftentimes is ignored in the story of Esther. Vashti gets washed and driven right by, and we oftentimes not acknowledge her contribution. Vashti was different. Vashti was a little different, amen? Let's talk about Vashti. Sandra, you read so wonderfully the first chapter of Esther, chapter, uh, verse 10 through 12, if you have it in your Bible. We first see it, if you can turn there, 
Esther chapter 1, and we're going to read our text, pray, and we're going to dive in. Amen? And on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was married with wine, he commanded, I'm not even going to attempt it, he commanded his four eunuchs, his, I'm sorry, his six eunuchs, seven eunuchs, sorry, his seven eunuchs who served at the pleasure of King Azuerus or Xerxes to bring, and he commanded them to bring Queen Vashti before the king wearing her royal crown, wearing her what? her royal crown in order to show the people and the princes uh, the ah sorry the people and their princes her beauty her what her beauty for she was lovely to what to behold my translation says to look at but Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command. The queen did what? Vashti refused to come at the king's command. Command delivered by the eunuchs. And the, oh, sorry, excuse me. And this, at this, the king became enraged and his anger burned within him. Father God, I ask that in this moment you hide me behind your cross, that you would speak. Speak to the women. Speak to the young men. Speak to the older men. Speak to all your children today, that we all may be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Vashti is a secular queen. Vashti is a secular queen. Vashti, using our spiritual imagination, was everything you think a woman should be. Vashti was like what Beyonce said, old girl with the good hair. Vashti may have resembled your favorite rap artist that you don't necessarily tell nobody you listen to in your car. Vashti may have looked like the Queen of Soul. You know, I have a special spot in my heart for Aretha. She may have looked like everything you thought a woman should be. This woman was good to look at. Fine. Church family, Vashti was different. See, the history of Vashti is a little complicated that she was given to the king after so many different conquests and battles. But the point is, Vashti was bad. The problem is not with Vashti and her badness, Enoch. The problem was not with Vashti and her good looks. The problem is found between the lines in the circumstance in which Vashti is called upon. Vashti is called upon in the midst of a gathering 
of the multitudes. Every nation under the control of this empire was invited to come party and have a good time. You may have been, if we, can we act like we weren't always saved? You know that party that everyone was going to be at. That party you didn't want to miss. Vashti also decided to host a party because she got it like that. She was a bad queen with all her friends. See, Vashti and the king, Azuerus, he invited and threw a big old banquet. Aloma, that was a party party. Vashti was invited to, come to, to, to host her girls and her friends, and they had a good old time. But the men were drinking, Elder McCarthy. The men were having a good time talking about the latest chariot race, talking about all the good things that the king has done, celebrating. And this party did not just include a few countries, a few territories. This included over 100 and, 127 provinces. There are only 50 states. But this party included 127 provinces. And this party kept ongoing. Church family, this party... Went for how many days? It's in the text. The party went over for 180 days. It was a good time to be had by all. But the problem with these type of parties, that once things start going, things don't stop. See, there's not a, there's, they say there ain't no party like a blank party because a blank party don't stop. Church family, there was not a party like an Azuerus party because an Azuerus party don't stop. For 180 days, Asuerus and his boys are in reverie, drinking from gold chalices, having a good time. And all the guys were gathered. And all the women were with Vashti. Now, church family, there are some customs that are in play at this time. With all of these men drinking and having a good time, at a certain part in the party, when the men get good and drunk, the women would excuse themselves to not be around all the reverie. But this creates a dilemma. You cannot have a party without women. Here's the problem. The women have now left, and now there is no one good to look at. So the king is in this interesting conundrum. All of the women are gone. Vashti's throwing her own party. But Vashti is good to look at. And after all the reverie and party continues, one day we see in verse 9 start that when the feast, Vashti gave a feast for all the women in the palace. But then something happens on the seventh day. We weren't even into the long period of this party, right? Because this is a historical account, so we're getting the context. But right now, we're plopped dead in seven days of partying. And the king's heart was good and merry with wine. And something happens. The king is encouraged by his boys to do something stupid. I'm going to pause and give my first word of affirmation. Oh, not word of affirmation admonishment to my young brothers and sisters who may be watching online, to my young at heart or single brothers, let me tell you something today. Be careful who you hang around because it can cause you to lose your queen. 
What do you mean, pastor? What do you mean? I never noticed this. Vashti is summoned by the king. And what we don't realize is it's not just to see Vashti. There are some things that the Jewish writers do in their writing to kind of give it some mystery to protect your modesty. Now let me go ahead and tear down some of these walls for you. When the king says and is requesting Vashti to come before the royal court with her crown, we see something missing by omission. She's instructed to come with her crown. Normally when the queen is to come, she should come looking regal with all of her great robes and garments. When royalty moves, they don't just move just with their crown. They come with their ensemble and their clothing and their team. But she's instructed Elder Turner to come in her crown. By process of elimination or by just reading the text, we realize she is to come naked. This concept is deeply, deeply affirmed when we see the reference of her beauty. Because in this time period, in the way that this is written, it is referring to her natural beauty. She is being asked to come before a, ho a horde of drunken men, naked, with the crown that the king gave her. That is not only belittling. That is not only toxic. That is extremely abusive and problematic. So I'll pause and give another piece of counsel. Women, young girls, man, the young girls left. I want the young girls who are still here, the young at heart, young women, don't let the king ever make you act like a jester. God affirms your worth. God never oppresses and pushes back or pushes away women. So men, it's time to step up. But when we look a little bit deeper, we realize now Vashti is invited to come before the, queen, the king naked with a crown to be in front of the drunken horde. The problem that I see here is not that Vashti refuses. The problem I see is that the king indulged. See, the king is indulged, encouraged by his friends to bring Vashti in front of all of the people. The people want to see the royal queen. They want to see Vashti and her beauty. The problem that occurs here is Vashti understands, not the problem, but the, the, the interesting thing here is Vashti understands her worth. Vashti understands her identity. She understands who she is. And she's not going to let King Ahasuerus and his cronies dictate who she is. See, there is some lore and some historical data that backs up that she is related to another king from another time period. If you're a Bible scholar, Elder Turner, who is the king? I'll see if we can do a quick pop quiz. It is one of the kings that took over Jerusalem. She is a daughter of a king that was taken. Remember later in the biblical narrative that there are kings that come and take Babylon, Persia, and all these different areas. So when all the shifting of kingdoms go around, Vashti is a daughter of a king. And she is given to King Ahasuerus 
in order to keep peace in that particular area of Persia. So her daddy is a king. So she does not compromise her worth because of who her daddy is. Church family, today I want to encourage a young girl or young lady today that don't worry about who your earthly daddy is. But you are of great value and of great worth inherently because of who your heavenly father is. That old song, that classic song, I don't want no scrubs. That does not just mean a brother who can't drive, is driving in his best friend's ride trying to holler at you. No, 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 no. If he does not acknowledge your intrinsic value as a child of God and treat you as such, you are with a joker, a scrub, not a king. I'll say it again. If you are allowing a joker, a brother who ain't driving, a brother ain't got nothing to disvalue your worth, you are not with a king, you are with a scrub, a joker, and do not compromise whose you are because of who you're with. But church family, Vashti, in this moment to me, starts to seem more like a hero than a villain. Vashti is, and, and, I, and, and I, church family, this is the problem with not reading the Bible in its entirety and with a lens of openness, if you Google the story of Vashti, you see a lot of preachers, correction, you see a lot of talkers who use the story of Vashti to push a misogynistic and abusive perspective of women, not as an equal part of God's divine plan for humanity, but a object to be controlled, oppressed, and abused. The problem that we see in modern Christianity is that we would rather have Vashti come naked rather than Vashti standing on her principles. Why don't we examine American culture maybe for a greater understanding. We'd rather promote that women are to not have choices over their bodies in order to, uh, to soften or control or help assist men who are acting like animals who can't control themselves. Since I'm here, I might as well go there. Sanjani, can I go there? Okay. Uh, Hillary, can I go there? Stop worrying about what the girls in your church your school, your community are wearing and worry about the way you handle your lust problem. I don't got problems with short skirts. I ain't got problem with seeing cleavage. The problem is I got it under control and the other person who's thirsty doesn't. It is an issue of spiritual discipline and reverie. You don't know how to control yourself, so you mad at how God blessed somebody. You ain't happy with the decision you made. Now you got to objectify every woman you see. The problem is the king and his homies don't realize that women are not objects to be viewed, but objects to be loved as Christ loved the church. See, Vashti, 
understood her worth. She was not just an object to be put on display at a party for a king. She was a woman who was called to be an equal part of a kingdom. A role model. But this is not my only issue with this particular portion of the Bible. See, I'm going to break down Esther for you. You may never want to read this book again. Not only does it have a historical um, interesting thing, especially with Purim celebrated not that long ago, it's interesting to me that not only a chapter later, Esther is chosen as queen. Esther, a young woman who is timid, a little scared, not understandably because she's had some trauma, she's being raised by her cousin, she's being raised by a relative, and all of a sudden now she's being taken into the palace. But church family, something happens in the Esther story that rubs me the wrong way. This is a girl, Hadassah. She knows about her God and king. She knows that Israel will be restored. She knows what all of the people who were exiled and taken into custody and to serve in other kingdoms. She gets the story in the greater narrative. But yet, in the midst of encountering a promotion from little girl on the side of the street to now being queen, she is afraid of the responsibility. Church family, the problem with Esther is that she is afraid and does not genuinely believe what her value is. So church family, my issue with Esther is not that she was kind of scared or timid to step up into the role. My issue is that when we do not have a team around our young girls of support and of help, they, are, they can become easily tricked into believing that they are not worthy of being in positions of authority. Right now, there's a Supreme Court justice to be who is standing with poise and dignity in face of snarky wolves trying to destroy and make her feel bad about that black girl magic that she has, church family. The truth is God made women with a unique ability to address certain things that men cannot. And the problem of not being present, men, the problem with not taking the responsibility of being a man seriously at the beginning allows women to not have that right hand and support that they need. How can two walk unless they agree? It's not just a one-person deal to raise a child. It is not a one-person deal to Make a community strong. It takes a group. It takes a village to raise a child. See, the difference between Esther and Vashti is Esther came from, I mean, Vashti came from royalty. She was and is royalty. But Esther is a young girl who was, her family was kidnapped and exiled. And the problem is, although Mordecai is there, her internal fear still prevails. That's why 
she was unable to immediately address and proclaim that I am a Jew and that you're not going to write a law to kill my people. Where it had to take this slow journey, but that's a sermon for another day. Let's get back to Queen Vashti and the importance of understanding why Vashti lost her position. Vashti lost her position as queen because she dared not to be tempted by the glitz and glamour of being in the presence of the king or a king. The truth is, church family, just because you see gold and shininess does not mean he's a king. Can I give a dating tip? Just because he wears a chain and he has gold and he looks cool, he has you know waves and six-pack and abs does not mean he is a king. The truth is, a king can come in different forms. A king can come as gentle as a lamb to, re- to take away the sins of the world. A king can come as gently as a man who appears in a cloud and walks on water and shocks his disciples. A king can come from all types of, the pla- of places But when the king has a mission and a goal and sticks to it, he is able to then support his queen the way she should be supported. Church family, another part we see in verse 12, Vashti's response. But Vashti refused to come to the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. And look at the king's response. Vashti refuses to denigrate her role as a queen. And the king is furious. Then in verse 13, we see the king encounter his wise men who were familiar with laws and the rules of the kingdom. And after consulting with his boys, after consulting with his boys, the issue is not that Vashti refused. The boys project their own home issues onto the king and make the king make a rash decision that they couldn't make. What do you mean, Pastor? That's not clear. The king could have easily just said, okay, she's not coming, she's busy. But the men around them, around him, encouraged him to continue by saying, wait a second, if Vashi don't show up and show her nakedness to us, if your wife don't come and show her nakedness to us, all of our wives will stop showing their nakedness to us. Oh, all of our wives would stop being obedient to us. See, Vashti dared to challenge the patriarchy and not allow herself to be denigrated. And so in that moment, she opens a door. She opens an opportunity for women to say no. But not only that, the men in King Azuerus' court are so concerned about losing their power at home and can I just pause here? Men and women who are married, I may not be married, but there's one thing that the Bible has never told me in my reading about biblical marriage is that any one partner has power. Husbands, you do not have power over your wives. Wives, you don't have power over your husbands. The only one with power is Christ. And so if Christ is the one with power, what are you to do? You are to be a servant to one another And to love each other. Husbands are to do what? Love their wives as Christ what? Love the church. And church family, 
The church ain't easy to love. But wait, what are women to do? Respect and obey their husbands as he does what? As follows Christ. So church family, men, you have a double responsibility. One, you have to love your wife as Christ loved the church, but you are also to love God. And the only way you're going to have a... <laughs> the only way you're going to have a wife that is obedient in the way that the Bible dictates is if you are following Christ. If you are a good bride, you will have a good bride. So to do away with this happy wife, happy life nonsense, no. Obey God, and then you will have a happy life. Obey God, and your wife will be obedient because you guys are working together. And so it is not an obedience and let you do whatever you want. It is an obedience to God, and because of your obedience to God, she is being obedient to the God in you. The reason why your home is all jacked up is because one of you are not being obedient to God. And it's not the woman's fault because you're not being obedient to God. That's a commercial. That's free marriage counseling. Congratulations. There you go. Happy wife. No. Follow Christ. The wife will follow Christ and you'll be going in the same direction. Amen? Amen. But church family, see, Vashti gets the point that she is not to compromise her identity. And you know what? If you don't believe me that compromising your identity is a problem, let's look at another moment with compromised identity. Can we look at another moment of compromised identity? The book of Matthew, chapter 4, <coughs> shows Jesus' tempting in the wilderness. And <coughs> in Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, he is invited to compromise his identity. You're going to say, Pastor, what do you mean? He's not compromised identity. What's up with you in this whole compromisation of your identity? It's because when we compromise our identity, we lose a part of ourselves. And our identity is to be deeply rooted in Christ. And when we are not deeply rooted in Christ, our identity starts to falter. And then anyone can make you in their image. <clears throat> when Jesus is finding himself after being tempted, he is now under great strain, under great pressure. He could be hungry. He could be thirsty. And then Satan comes to tempt him. We've discussed this in previous reflections on this text, that when Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted, if he were to compromise one time, game over, mission failed, it's a wrap for humanity. But because he stood firm and kept saying, it is written, for it is written, for it is written, and he keeps reflecting on what his principles are based on, the Bible. The principles of Jesus are in the Bible. He refers to Deuteronomy. He refers to Isaiah. He refers back to the word of his father. And so because his father has given him his identity, he is not willing to compromise it at a counterfeit. Thus, when I think about Vashti's situation, she is not willing to compromise and just show herself before the king because she knows the principles and what her father taught the little princess how to become a queen. I understand that you may feel, oh, pastor, you're using your spiritual imagination again. But it is important for us when we read the book of Esther to help paint the picture more deeply because Esther's writing style 
is a poem. It is poetry. It is art. And this story is so important not only for young women, but it's important for men to understand that it's okay for the queen to say no. Oftentimes, the church is too silent on matters of consent and agreement and permission. And when the church is silent on matters of consent and permission, we then allow the world to dictate these important matters of society. If you watch and pay attention to Adventist news, you see that oftentimes some Adventist pastors will say some wild stuff in order to make a point, and then it erodes the sanctity of homes. There was a pastor who said that consent was not important in a marriage context. But yet, Vashti says no and loses her crown. But when we do not understand that the, when we just blow by this text, Sandra and act as if that Vashti was not asked to do something heinous and crazy, when we remove the text from its historical context and the way that it is written, Elder Turner, we find ourselves looking at it and projecting it as just a disobedient queen who deserves to be punished and not a woman who is standing up for her worth and value. The challenge today, church family, is not only to read our Bible in its context, in its historical context, in its literary context, but also that when we understand this story, we see that maybe Vashti isn't the villain, but Vashti is standing up for her principles because principles matter. What you believe about yourself matters. See, if at any moment Jesus forego, would have foregone who he is, it would have been a wrap. Scott, if, if God, if Jesus would have said no, actually, I think I prefer this, we would have been lost. It's because Jesus stood upon his principles. He stood upon what he came to do, his mission of redeeming the lost sheep. Furthermore, to bring God's kingdom to earth and to be glorified and that it would match the way it is in heaven that Jesus' entire mission was to retain the nature of his heavenly father in spite of an invitation to denigrate it. Satan's entire goal was to remove God's crown and to just parade God's divine authority as some nakedness, that it was not valuable, that it was not pure. He was trying to compromise who God was by challenging him by his identity. But the truth is, just like the things that we see in this text, that our heavenly father, our God and king, was not going to compromise himself in order to yield to the tempter's desire. So the points that I wanted to make sure that we all cover today, we covered the fact that maintaining your identity and how much Christ paid for you and the perfection that he gave you, church family, young women, young men, do not make someone else compromise their identity in order to be in your circle. One of the biggest problems in our society today is you got to be like me in order to hang with me. 
differences are important. Your identity in Christ and the price that you were paid for is so important and valuable. Never denigrate your identity given to you by Christ. One more thing, uh, the last two things I want you to understand. My second point is this. A king will never ask a queen to do the job of a jester. Kings understand their power and their influence and their leadership will never invite you to be a fool. Lastly, but not certainly not least, be careful who you surround yourself with. Be careful who you surround yourself with because the people you surround yourself with can cause you to lose your queen. The people you surround yourself with could make you lose your queen. King Azuerish would have been better served by a reassessment of those around him. Not only did he lose Queen Vashti, he almost lost Esther because of the people around him. But once the toxic influences were gone, the kingdom, things were better. Church family, it is important for us to remember that when we are living a life with an with a intended identity of Christ, that we are to be like him. So I have to say no to certain behaviors. I have to say no to certain concepts. I have to say no to certain desires, certain influences, certain uh, invitations from parties or groups. It is okay to say no when it compromises your identity. Compromising your identity is one of the most dangerous things you can do because when you start that process of compromisation, you start to lose a piece of who you are. I don't know about you, but when you start to make those compromises of who you are, you lose focus on who you are and whose you are. I don't know about you, but I remember when I started to let other people kind of dictate who I was, who I thought I was, who I wanted to be, and then there was left not much for who I actually was. I don't know about you. I don't know if you guys are too proud or too confident or maybe you're stuck that you may not want to admit that compromising who you are eats away at you. And at that point of compromise, when you're not like Vashti, but when you're more willing to compromise and come before someone who doesn't actually care about you and the friends who don't actually care about you, who are there really just to bully and antagonize and make you feel less than, and you're showing them your most vulnerable state, your nakedness, when you're emotionally vulnerable for people who have no interest in genuinely caring about you, when you open up your heart and ask for prayer for an issue to someone who's just going to go gossip, when you do that, when you are opened naked in that way, it can hurt so deeply. But... Despite whether or not you've shown your nakedness, your emotional nakedness, your spiritual vulnerability, however you've come before the people you thought were your king and his friends, however you've come before, can I tell you that 
God can restore that brokenness. That Jesus can heal that wound because the bridegroom is waiting. He doesn't care about what's going on with your previous nakedness. He just wants to know whether or not you would come and be vulnerable with him. Church family, there's one more text I want to look at and I'll take my seat. Can we look at one more text? John. John 8. John 8, 36. What's the text? John 8. John 8, 36. John 8, 36. Say amen when you have it. No matter how stuck, no matter how hurt, no matter how bothered, no matter how weary, no matter how oppressed you may feel of showing who you are, your nakedness has been revealed to a crowd of people. If you did not stand and say no and you're just feeling hurt and brokenness, let me tell you something that Jesus would say. Verse 36 reads, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Church family, now this is Jesus referring to something very important. It starts in verse 34. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone, everyone who practice, everyone who, ah, I'm sorry, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin everyone who has sinned is a slave to sin but yet in verse 35 we now see the slave does not remain in the house forever the son remains in the house forever but who the son sets free is free indeed So someone could make you feel less than. Someone could invite you to compromise your identity. And if you are willing to trust that Jesus can fix it, you don't have to remain naked. You don't have to remain vulnerable. You don't have to remain exposed. He wants to cover and clothe you because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Church family, Don't compromise your identity. Someone may invite you to expose yourself and be naked just wearing your crown. That's not freedom. That is abuse. Don't let someone take advantage of you. Church family, Esther is oftentimes celebrated. Rightfully so. She saved her people. With a little poking and priding of her cousin, she saved her people. But if it was not for Vashti, she wouldn't have a position to fill. If it was not for Vashti, we would not have an example of a royal queen refusing to compromise who she is. We would not have an we would not be able to be reminded that. When we read this text in its context that it's not no disobedient spouse or queen that is the problem in this text. It is the men in the text who are trying to take advantage of the beauty of the queen. My last admonishment. See, I have a niece. I have a couple of nieces. 
Love them deeply. And one of the things that I'll often tell my nieces is don't compromise your beauty for any man. Church family, this is an invitation for all the men and women today. The invitation I give to the women today is don't compromise for no joker. Don't compromise for no clown. Don't compromise for someone who is not following Christ. Don't compromise for someone who doesn't love the Lord. Don't compromise for someone who is not pressing towards Christ and has an agenda to be with the Lord forever. Church family, do not allow yourself, young women, older women, more mature women, don't compromise and it's not too late to take a stand to the men it's time for us to act like men not men in the worldly sense not men who go out and hunt and are trying to be predators but to be like the lamb gentle open vulnerable willing to be open to your spouse to your partner church family today can I tell you that when the men start to be gentle, start to be softer, more open, things start to melt. The walls start to fall apart and things are better and you're not going to ask your queen to be a jester. Church family today, my invitation is simple. Reflect on your identity and make sure it's deeply placed in Christ. Let's pray. God, we see that in this text that oftentimes we blow right past the story of Vashti. The reason why she refused to compromise. The fact that she wouldn't show her nakedness between a great drunk crowd. <clears throat> but God, right now we're asking that in our context, that we would not do the same, men or women. That we would not reveal ourselves to those who don't care about us. That we would not just flaunt your crown of peace and joy and patience for anybody to just take advantage. Lord, I thank you for Vashti's example of saying no because she wasn't going to compromise. Lord, today I pray that someone would take a moment and reflect where they're making compromises in their own life and that they would refuse to make those compromises, not because it would not be difficult, but because their heavenly father invites them to not make a compromise. God, today we thank you for the fact that you have invited us not to make a compromise. So Lord, we thank you. And we ask that you would journey alongside us as we grow and as we deeply put our identity in you. So God, because of all the things that you've done and what you're going to do, we say amen, amen, and amen. Your Bible Speaks family, was that not an encouraging word? Was your life transformed? If so, I want to invite you to engage with our content, not only on YouTube, but here on the podcast. Click the description box or the comment section of this episode, and you're able to connect with us using our digital decision card or going toward the Your Bible Speaks Church website in order to find encouraging materials that'll help you through your day. So without further ado, God bless you and may his face shine upon you and give you peace.